a memorable moment, a memorable night, a memorable win for the Indiana women's basketball team as they go back to the Sweet 16 for the second straight season with a survive in advance type of win against Princeton on Monday night. We'll recap that victory, what the moment means for this program once again, and look ahead to the Sweet 16 as IU, uh, they're in the second week of the tournament, and this is going to be a lot of fun. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, you guys? It is Tuesday, March 22nd. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics, whether it's news, analysis, previews, recaps, everything in between. Your one and only daily one-stop shop, we should add. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers Part of your day, and specifically your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Premiere the episodes over there every day at 7 a.m. You guys can join in on the conversation over there. We're very, very close to 100 subscribers, so if you guys can head on over, just click subscribe, help us reach that milestone. It would be awesome. Mentioned that we're going to be talking about this IU-Princeton game that at one point, it looked like it was going to be a blowout. Uh, then it, the Hoosiers trailed with about a minute to go. Um, everything in between in that game. Before we jump into that, though, today's episode is, bro- is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. As always, guys, you can subscribe to Locked On Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers or on Instagram at Locked On Hoosiers. This was, as I said, the epitome of survive and advance, especially in the second half for the Indiana Hoosiers, but they come away with a 56 to 55 win over a gritty, tough, uh, frustrating Princeton team. Before you look at, or before we look at, at how they get this win, you just have to kind of step back and just think about what this moment Monday night meant for this program. If you guys didn't watch it, if you weren't there, you really missed out on a, a memorable moment. Uh, it was in Assembly Hall, as I'm sure you guys know. The student tickets were free. The lower section uh, around the entire arena was almost completely filled up. It was the third largest attendance in women's basketball history for Indiana. Um, Over 9,000 people were there. This was a moment, and they willed this team to a win. That's what Terry Morin said afterwards. The crowd willed this team to a win. It it wills the team to a win to return to the Sweet 16. Um, That was something that even as recently as four or five years ago, about that time, IU was paying to be in the women's NIT where they ultimately won the women's NIT, but that's something you have to pay to be in. The athletic department put up the money. The Hoosiers win that one. 
that was a moment in itself. But if you just look at where they've come from paying to be in the women's NIT in Assembly Hall to Monday night where they're hosting uh, a game to get to the Sweet 16 in front of the one of the biggest crowds in the program's history, um, just everything surrounding that was – it was a memorable night. Uh, the 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 players realized that the players absorbed it in. This is a a special team that this was their last time stepping on the floor at Assembly Hall to play a game. Um, they absorbed all that, all the emotion, all the uh, fans, everything about the night was memorable. It was fun. I couldn't stop watching videos of it. So I I mean we I felt we needed to to just take a step back and talk about what this means for a program that Terry Morin has on the rise. And this was another step forward. Uh, They wanted to host a tournament game, and this is exactly why, so that they could get back to the Sweet 16. And this was a huge moment, huge milestone for this team. But it was almost for naught because this one took a drastic turn in the second half. Um Hoosiers went ahead 43 to 35 at the 625 mark of the third quarter. It looked at that point that they were cruising 43 29 after a Grace Berger jumper. It looked like they were cruising. They were cruising. It didn't even look like it. This team was cruising. Uh, The defense had forced Princeton into tough shots all night long. Uh, The Tigers could not hang with IU in the post. And then IU wasn't making some jumpers to really, uh, they looked like they were going to pull away. And this one was going to be a fairly simple, easy victory with lots of celebration at the end. What instead happened was a huge Princeton run, a 21 to 6 run that saw them take the lead 50 to 49 with 521 left in the fourth quarter. Boy, it got hairy. It went from looking like a blowout to wondering what in the world happened. Fortunately, this was a or is a Hoosier team that has a lot of experience, a lot of veterans. They immediately steadied the ship. After Princeton takes a lead on a layup, uh, the Hoosiers come right back down, take the lead back on the next possession. Nicole Cardano Hillary makes a layup. But then the two sides went scoreless for the next three over three minutes. Uh, it was 51-50 until Abby Myers makes a pair of free throws. And minute 12 left, Indiana is down a point at home, kind of staring disaster in the face. Uh, the, the final possessions then go Graceberger splitting a pair of free throws to tie the game. Princeton misses a three. Grace Berger gets to the rim, gets a layup, probably should have been an and one. Princeton then, really inexplicably, they're down to about 30 seconds left, and they take the ball and just hold on to it at the top of the, or at midcourt, and let the clock wind way down, and then don't even get a shot off. They turn the ball over. Uh, they had to foul a couple times. Alexa Goulbay knocks down a pair of free throws to ice this game. Put the Hoosiers up four. Princeton hit a three-pointer at the very end. Make it look a little bit closer than it was ultimately. But, man, when they had to do it, the Hoosiers turned to a lot of familiar parts. They turned to a defense that has been superb all season long. They turned to Grace Berger, who's been their big shot maker. 
all season long. And they get it done when they had to. They executed down the stretch, but boy, did it get hairy. Boy, did it. There was some uh, there was some sweat, some stress on that one. Princeton's defense, you have to give Princeton credit. Princeton's defense made everything hard. The Hoosiers were dominating inside in the first half into that third quarter, and Princeton made some adjustments and completely shut off the paint, and Indiana could not. They were struggling to score, struggling to find ways to score in that uh, second half, in that fourth quarter specifically. I mean, ultimately, Indiana finishes the night shooting 51.2%. That's really deceptive. That doesn't really show you how tough it was for the Hoosiers to find baskets. They really had to work to get baskets in this one. Offensive rebounding and really some tough shot making kept Princeton in this. They had 10 offensive rebounds down the stretch. They were getting numerous offensive rebounds. It was maddening to watch uh, them put up a shot. It bounced long and come away with a rebound. Uh, They ended up, as I said, 10 offensive rebounds. The Hoosiers had a one offensive rebound on the night. Um, They did a great job in that department. But ultimately, the Hoosier defense, even for as much as they allowed offensive rebounds, didn't allow a lot of second chance points and still They made it difficult on themselves, but forced Princeton into tough shots. Princeton made a lot of them early on. I I thought IU was doing a good job defending and forcing Princeton to make some really tough shots that they were knocking down. Um, But ultimately, uh, the Hoosiers hang on for this win. There's a lot of players that stuck out on the night for Indiana. As always, this was a, a joint effort. We'll talk about most of them. Uh, but we'll single out a handful of them here in just a moment. Did any of you guys take Iowa in any either of your brackets, men's or women's? Because if you did like me, your bracket is now busted. Mine's not looking too good, but I still got some cash from my stat hero pick'em. If you haven't checked out this new platform, you're really missing out. Stat Heroes NCAA single game pick'ems uh, pit the star players against each other. An amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. You take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. In addition, their pick'em games, excuse me, in addition to their pickup games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. Listen, Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fix. This is what daily fantasy is really meant to be. Uh, so sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you guys get your podcasts at. Any number of ways we could start if you want to focus in on some players, but man, you really got to look at Grace Berger. Uh, who finishes with a game-high 15 points. It came on 14 shots, 
7 of 14 shooting to get her 15 points. Added 7 rebounds as well. Again, it was not easy on her on the night. She played 39 of the 40 minutes, though. Grinded this one out. And when Indiana had to get some baskets, it was Grace Berger that did it. She had a little turnaround uh, fadeaway jumper that she got fouled on and split the free throws to tie the game. And then uh, she was the one that had the the drive into the paint. Uh, again, a little turnaround and then got around her defender, got to the rim. Again, looked like she was fouled. She wanted a foul, but regardless, finishes at the rim for what ended up being the go-ahead, the game-winning basket. She is cold-blooded, misreliable, whatever nickname you want to give her. She's earned it, and she was as important as ever for the Hoosiers. As calm and as many veterans as this team has, Grace Berger is the leader. And when they needed a basket, everybody knew who they needed to get the ball to and who they needed to get open. And Grace Berger did it. And she's huge to this team. Um, every, Princeton knew how important she was to this team and really made an effort to make the night hard on her. And they did. But ultimately, she had the big buckets when the Hoosiers needed them. Mackenzie Holmes looked spry as ever. Uh the stats really don't, again, kind of do justice to how good she looked. Ten points on five of six shooting. She really had her way in the first half. And Princeton went out of their way at halftime to make adjustments to take her out of the game. It worked. I think she only had one basket in the second half. Uh, but as I said, ten points, eight rebounds, four blocks as well. Uh, was really challenging shots, which is something she hasn't done a lot of, hasn't had that same type of spring in her step since coming back from injury. So uh, another surprise, maybe not surprise, but I guess another step kind of in her rehab. Indiana, as I keep saying, they're going to need her to be at her best if they're going to meet their goals, which includes a pair of wins this upcoming weekend. Uh, this again looked like her as close to her best as she has been. She's only improving more and more and more and she looked she looked dominant i mean princeton had to change how they were defending the hoosiers to account for her nicole cardania hillary again 12 points four assists did a lot of her scoring early on seems to be a recurring trend with her she gets out to really fast starts really helps the hoosiers early on um she had a three-pointer early might have been the first points of the game um, got to the line, was three or four at the line, four assists, couple rebounds, a steal, uh, a pest as always. Chloe Moore McNeil continues to be massive off the bench for the Hoosiers. 24 minutes she played on the night was three of five shooting, knocked down a pair of three pointers. It was kind of boomer bust because she hit a pair, she airballed one, but uh, again, continues to. We've talked a lot about it, and I won't I won't dive into it again, but she continues to be a – it's been a huge, huge development to have her um, able to play. I mean, this is IU's biggest game of the year, and she was able to step in and play 24 minutes and have a huge impact with those eight points, couple of rebounds, couple of steals, couple of really nice defensive plays. If you look back beginning of the season, the, she would not have been able to make that level of impact, so – 
her development has been massive. No Keandra Brown. She's kind of been dealing with that hip issue. Kept her out at times during the Big Ten tournament. She did play on Saturday against Charlotte. Did not play tonight. Um, not really sure why. I don't think anybody was asked or anybody asked Coach Morn about it. Maybe we'll get an update later this week. Um, Alexa Goulbet, we mentioned, struggled on the night. One of seven shooting. Uh, only had five points. Did have seven rebounds. Um, biggest uh, kind of area of weakness, I guess, for the Hoosiers. They had 17 turnovers. Uh, not typically an issue for this team, but Goulbet and Holmes had 11 of them. So those two really struggled in the interior, keeping a hold of the ball. Uh, Allie Patberg had six points. Four of those came on one play. Uh, she had a four-point play there in the first half that really, really got the crowd going. But six points, three assists. She had one steal. It was the biggest steal of the night. It was the steal that uh, was ultimately the, the biggest defensive possession for the Hoosiers. So these girls all stepped up. This continues to be a team effort. And that's what makes this team so dangerous. They they put up a stat. This is, uh, I believe they said it was, ESPN broadcast said it was the most prolific starting five in terms of scoring in the nation. You have five 1,000-point scores and a 2,000-point score. So this is a special, special, special group. But what makes them so dangerous is that any five, six girls, even with Chloe Moore McNeil, any of them can come in and be the difference maker and realistically be the leading scorer on the night. So it makes them hard to attack. Uh, they're going to need that because they are going to have the biggest of challenges coming up this weekend uh, in the Sweet 16. We're going to look at that Sweet 16. They have UConn. And, man, even if this is a bit of a down year for UConn, it is still UConn. And that name carries some weight. And so we're going to look at some some early stats for the Huskies as they return to the Sweet 16. They edged out UCF at home uh, right after IU's game. I, if you a lot of you were like me, you just turned that game on to see the the second half of that one. It was it was tight. It UConn looks beatable, uh, but from what I gathered, that was one of their worst showings of the season. So it's going to be interesting to see. Well, as I said, we'll talk a little bit about UConn. Look a little bit around the women's uh, tournament field as well. It was a lot better day for the Big Ten. We talked in yesterday's episode that the Big Ten kind of stunk over the weekend. Monday was a lot better day for them. So we're going to uh, take a look around the, the bracket and the tournament field for the women's basketball tournament. Before that, though, it's that time of year again as college basketball tournament is finally upon us. We're going to talk about it. Notre Dame beat the heck out of Oklahoma. Uh, a 44-point win uh, in the women's basketball tournament in IU's region. They were a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Imagine taking uh, Notre Dame minus one-and-a-half and then absorbing or watching a 44-point win. That, that one was wild to see. But from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, uh, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device 
to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Right before the Hoosiers went on, I, I watched the end of this one, as I'm sure a lot of IU fans did. Michigan polished off a a win to return them to the Sweet 16. We'll look at the Big Ten here in a minute, but UConn is going to be the opponent for the Hoosiers. A small piece of me, even for how good UConn is, a small piece of me wanted to see UConn because honestly, like, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I know it's UConn, and I know it's kind of be careful what you wish for, but why not measure yourself against uh, the best? They may, they may not be the best team this season, but, I mean, without a doubt, they're the measuring stick for a women's basketball program. So why not? It, this is the best IU has to offer. Even if it it's not a great season for UConn, give it a shot and and see what it's like. That being said, uh, SportsCenter, after the UConn game, released a handful of doozy of stats just to talk about how dominant UConn is. It is their 28th tournament in a row where they have reached the Sweet 16. The last time they lost in the Sweet 16 was in 2005. They have 15 straight Sweet 16 victories. And they have dominated the Big Ten of late. They have 25 straight wins against Big Ten teams. That dates back to 2004 when they lost to Michigan State. Um, That is an absurd uh, record against um, against the Big Ten. So the... The bar is high, um, but with that being said, it's still it's still interesting. Like I, I still want to have this game, even if UConn's down. Then that's your best shot at taking them on and beating them potentially. So why not do it this year? Why not give it a shot this year? Uh, this is the best IU team that we've ever had, and maybe you can make history. And and win against UConn, snap that 25-game losing streak. December 29th, 2004 was the last win for a Big Ten team against UConn, and that was um, a 67-51 win. Look, it's going to be a high bar, but I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the challenge. It's going to be fun. Elsewhere around the NCAA tournament on Monday. We mentioned Michigan State pretty easily handles Villanova. Uh, wins going away in that one, 64-49. Nas Hillman got MVP chance after the game. She deserved them, 27-11 and 11 with five steals. Leah Brown uh, has kind of been the, the, the missing piece, the X factor of sorts. She had been injured to end the regular season. Again, still coming off the bench, but she played 28 minutes on Monday and had 20 points. So it looks like she is back and fully healthy. I'd imagine she's going to be back in that starting lineup. And with her, Michigan is a really, really, really good team. Uh, elsewhere, Ohio State beat the heck out of LSU 79 to 64. A, a thumping JC Sheldon had 23 points for Ohio State. 
Um, ultimately, the Big Ten put six teams in the tournament for the women's side, and four of them get to the Sweet 16, which is a good showing. Even if Iowa completely uh, imploded and Nebraska lost uh, as well, this is still a strong showing for the Big Ten. The Big Ten on the women's side was, I thought, a lot stronger than on the men's side, and that's showing. Uh, if you look in IU's region, we mentioned that Notre Dame-Oklahoma game, which was stunning, if I'm being honest. 108-64 to 64 is a wild, wild scoreline for any level of basketball. Um, the Hoosiers had three – or excuse me, the Fighting Irish had three different 20-point scores. Just an absolute beatdown uh, in that one. NC State knocks off Kansas State, so they are going – uh, to the Sweet 16 as well. They did not have any problems with that one. And then UConn survives against UCF 52-47. to 47. That was a close one. And UConn did not look comfortable mo- much of the night. But they come away victorious. And now I can complain. Why in the hell is UConn a two-seed getting to play in its backyard in, the, in a region? They're a two-seed. And it's not even like they needed to be in this region. They could have been put in Spokane. You could have just swapped the two teams. There would have been no Big East team to play. You could have put them in Greensboro and swapped the two teams. There's no Big East team to play. You could have put them in Wichita and just swapped the teams. There's no Big East team to play. To me, there is no excuse for why UConn gets to host a regional regional now as a two-seed. IU fans should be mad. NC State fans should be livid. They worked this whole season to be in a number one seed, and they don't get to host. Um, they they don't get to host. Like they have to go to, uh, they have to go to UConn's backyard. Like I understand the way the the brackets were set. Uh, South Carolina was always going to get to go to Greensboro, and North Carolina State maybe was always going to have to go to Bridgeport. But that doesn't mean that UConn needed to be in Bridgeport. To me, it's absolutely absurd. I haven't seen much of an explanation for it. I don't even know if one would make sense. This just feels insane to me. Um, the maybe good news is that we're going to have people to ask about it this week because we're going to have a couple different guests on, hopefully. One of them to preview uh, the IU-UConn game. Talk about the Huskies. See if it really is a down year. Maybe he has some answers for why they get to host a regional. Um, But nonetheless, we will get to talk to them about this UConn team and see if there really is a chance that the Hoosiers will get, will have an upset potential against them. Uh, Hopefully have somebody else to talk. Just this women's tournament. It's been a really, really wild one. Lots of upsets, lots of double-digit seeds making noise. Uh, It's been a really fun one to watch as a neutral. Uh, South Dakota, if you guys missed that, beat Baylor. They'll be in the Sweet 16. Um, A lot of favorites going down. Creighton, another double-digit seed winning as well. So hopefully bring on someone to talk about this tournament and then talk a little bit about this Bridgeport Regional as well because we're focusing on women's basketball this week. We'll have one show, I think, where we um, get you caught up on a little – news and tidbits, uh, whether with the men's basketball team, with football, uh, whatever it end up 
ends up being. We'll have one little show this week with that, but otherwise, we're sticking with this women's basketball team. This is a this is a moment. This is a women's team that deserves the coverage. Um, I really don't even need to make much of a case for him. We have an I we have a basketball team in the Sweet 16. We're going to focus on them. The men's team we can talk about well into the summer. The women's team we're talking about right now. So we'll be back uh, tomorrow to probably do that little filler episode, get you caught up on some NFL combine numbers maybe for the handful of Hoosiers that were there. We didn't talk about that. Have a couple commitments for moving forward, it seems like, for the men's team as well. So plenty to talk about. And plenty to get you caught up on before we dive into this women's basketball tournament. It's going to be a really fun week. It's always fun to have a team in the Sweet 16. That week leading up to it is just lots of excitement, lots of what-ifs, and that's what this week's going to be for us. So thanks for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Appreciate all the love you guys continue to throw our way. I cannot thank you enough. Uh, Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Like I said earlier, head on over to YouTube. Throw a subscribe there as well. Help us get over 100 subscribers. Leave a rating and review if you haven't already. Most importantly, though, guys, I want you all to have a really great Tuesday. And Elio.